Welcome to Off the Deck. This is game number 35. On the tee, Ben Swanton. On the tee, Ryan Keeney. Welcome to episode 35 of Off The Deck Golf Podcast with me, Ryan Keeney, and my co-host, Ben Swanton. Hi, Ben. Hey, Ryan. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Um, about 50 days left until the Masters now? Yeah, 52, I think. I counted is, earlier on. Yeah, we are we are getting into golf season. Um, I think this is when, the uh, my, particularly my friends that like golf but don't care that much, start paying attention. Genesis, uh, Arnold Palmer in a few weeks, players coming up. Um, everybody starts rearing their heads and wants a few tips and uh, a few a few names to throw out just outside of the the ordinary. Um, I'm I'm going to find it tough not to respond with Roy McIlroy um, every time because because this is his year. Ever an excuse, ever an excuse, yeah. and I think as well on a personal level, it's kind of we we also both know that it feels like golf might not be too far away from us. So some really nice events to sink our teeth into over the next few weeks. And then yeah. uh, we might even we might even be able to get out ourselves at some stage. I, I think, oh, I've been looking at uh, sunrise and sunset times and and figuring that out. I think we're about four weeks from six o'clock being sunset, which just opens the possibility of a of a little hit, a little post work hit in in daylight or certainly in dusk, which yeah. um, would be would be nice if when things reopen and and when we we figure out what. The, the post-lockdown plan is. Yeah. Um, I think the flip side to that is, and I, I can't speak to everybody, I'm kind of accepting that if this lockdown lasts a week or a week or two longer before golf reopens, with the, safe in the knowledge that once everything reopens, that's kind of it for the year, um, that would be good by me. But, you know, I can't... Uh, yeah, I'm certainly not speaking on behalf of anybody. So if anybody in the government is listening, don't take that as read <laughs> that the, the public will be happening, happy. Yeah. Nice. Um, kind of a, a a busy week in golf, kind of all all over the place. Um, but with with a slightly weakened field at Pebble Beach Pro Am, the Ladies European Tour picked a good week to announce their schedule. Um, there was no event on the European Tour, and there's nothing again this week with WGC coming up. Um, so they've announced what's what's planned for 2021. Um, not starting until May. Um. Which I think makes sense. They've got to got to figure out, but it's a, a pretty international um, series coming up. They've got twenty seven events, um, including kind of the the majors across nineteen countries. There is a Solheim Cup to come, so this is a a fun year with a Ryder Cup and a Solheim Cup. Obviously, the Olympics um, and a variety of uh, various events. A little bit globe trotting. No, it makes me nervous the the level of globe trotting. I think that the ladies European Tour have got planned, but. Yeah, encouraging that they're they're back and and going with a a front foot kind of plan with these things. Yeah, look, I mean, I think it's some much needed positive news for uh, for the ladies European Tour. They're obviously getting closer relationships with the men's European Tour and also the LPGA uh, as well. You know, the joint venture there. So um, you know, very difficult sort of last few years. They've kind of been a little bit in the wilderness, haven't they? The uh, those pros over here in Europe, but. 
it's excellent they've got this you know, 27 events in 19 countries including the um the groundbreaking aramco team series and uh, you know i know there'll be some people who will be a little bit concerned about where that money is coming from but at the same token it's great that uh no, the investment is coming into into ladies golf and some decent purses as well yeah, um, that, for them yeah, that's that, amazing some of that makes me me cringe i think because yeah. they, and that's it's really unfair i think the the levels of money um and what is make or break in in women's sport is is incredibly tough i've heard there's been stories particularly around women's soccer over the years of of leagues and federations going bust for amounts of money that is considered small change in the men's game and so i find some stories where you you know companies or sponsors aren't willing to necessarily put that investment into women's sport it terrifies me a little bit and baffles me a little bit and and so it's it's encouraging that there's money around women's sport but then the aramco team series which is um a saudi arabia backed initiative um talks particularly in their press releases talks a lot about how they're doing good things for the game of golf and growing the game but don't actually show anything to back that up they don't kind of spit out numbers or um, do anything with with kind of highlighting that that good work that they're doing and uh, it yeah it feels like you've you should be able to see kind of some fruits of that labor if saudi arabia have been big on golf for three years now with some of the uh, the events that they've been having on the European Tour and some of the initiatives that they they ruled Patrick Reed out for in the, the past couple of years, um, yeah, it, it it's great that there's a team event happening with four million dollars on 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 offer across the year, and also there's part of me that um, you know would like to just feel a little bit better that the the good things that they're saying are actually happening. Um, yeah. yeah. On to the, the Ladies European Tour. Um, it will kick off in May, in the middle of May, at the South African Women's Open. Um, that will be down in Cape Town. And then it flies all over the place. You've got the Aramco Team Series Part 1, um, which is in New York. And they're back to the Evian Resort in France for uh, um, the Jabra Ladies Open, uh, which will be an interesting precursor to the Evian um, Major, which happens July time, I guess. Um, yeah, the Amundi Avian Championship in, in mid-July. Um, and there's events in Sweden, France, the Netherlands. A couple of events in, in the UK, Spain, France. Uh, Scottish Open leading into the Women's Open in, in at Carnoustie, which um, will be all sorts of fun. Then a little bit more, uh, a few more events around Europe and then off globetrotting through September and October. Um, obviously the Olympics um, in August and then Thailand, India, Singapore, Kenya, Morocco, the UAE for the Dubai Classic, um, a couple of events in Saudi and then we've got uh, Costa del Sol Open de España um, which ends the season much like it did this year. So yeah, yeah that's, it's hugely, it's got to be hugely encouraging for, for the women. Um, I saw Megan McLaren talking earlier that she's not, she hasn't been on a golf course since Boxing Day through weather and lockdown and restrictions and so it's basically having to do a lot of hitting in her garden and gym work and kind of focusing on a diet and trying to get marginal gains rather than just having a pre-season so yeah. i think yeah for players like that this is this is good news positive news yeah it's a, it's a little bit disconcerting isn't it bless her. I mean, the last time she played golf is also the last time i played golf um so uh 
Yeah, it's a little, uh, uh, but I'm, I'm not trying to play for money. Um, so yeah, bless them. It's really tough, isn't it, for the for the female pros just compared to uh, their male counterparts, who've just got much more opportunities to play uh, over the last couple of months and going around the world. But um, no, I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for them. Again, yeah, we can talk about the merits of where the money comes from and and all the rest of it. Um, but I don't think we can judge the ladies' European tour based on the yeah, the men's tours, both PGA and European tour, have taken. Mm. Equally sums of money. Um, what I am going to be interested in is certainly the the Open at Carnoustie this year. Just uh, what what club those uh, they're going to end up hitting on the sixteenth, because um, that 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 is going to be really interesting. Because I, I think that plays like two. Is it played at two thirty, something along those lines. That that hole. And it's always playing into the wind. The long sixteenth, long sixteenth par three mm. at Carnoustie. Yeah. So um, that'll just perhaps give us you know you and I a bit of a read on. The sorts of clubs we should be hitting into that golf hole, but uh, yeah, no, be, be a good year ahead. I I really don't want to play a two hundred and thirty yard par three at Carnoustie ever in my life. I'd like to, I'll, <laughs> just, I'll I'll tee it forward. I will um I'll not because otherwise I'm in particularly into wind. Um, I, yeah, the there's longest bit, it's I mean it's just a long way. The longest par three I've ever played was at the Win. Uh, I was staying at the Win Hotel in uh, Vegas. Uh, I do a conference there every April, um, apart from last year and this year, obviously. Um, and I stayed at the Wynn this one year because I wanted to play the golf course there, which is the most overpriced round of golf you'll ever know. And they've got mm-hmm. a par three there that's 245 yards. Yeah. Um, and that's in the desert. I still hit driver, and it's slightly uphill too. And I hit I hit driver, and I just, just made like the like front right edge um, of this crazy green. So... Uh, you know, I was all, I was an alright player there. I'm not much better now than I was then. So I dread to think why I'd try and hit a Carnoustie. I'd probably just yeah. lay up, just take it yeah. the path forward. Well, yeah, that's yeah. Where's the lay? What's the the beer light option? Yeah. I'll, um, <laughs> I'll stick it down there and yeah. try and get up and down. Um, on the on the European tour, um, as mentioned, there's no regular events happening before the the WGC next week and then the Qatar Masters. But um, they have announced a, another tournament to the schedule. Um, so the last weekend in March, um, there's going to be the Kenya Savannah Classic to go hand in hand with the Magical Kenya Open the week before. Um, so they'll both be at the same venue, uh, the Karen Country Club in Nairobi. Um, and I, I guess it it's kind of we're still at that point where you know long stays in resort courses and and hotels and getting everybody in the same bubble makes sense it just kind of yeah. it, that's particularly for for the european tour where they are jetting around various countries and, and getting around it just makes sense to, to do it this way yeah look, look, and also don't forget the like, magical kenya open and what will be the kenya savannah classic it is going to be full of sort of half challenge tour half european tour guys um and so making them travel all over the shop i think the magical Kenya Open finishes on the twenty first, and then two days later, the Savannah Classic starts. So it's it just makes sense on so many levels. Ah, yeah, I've just spotted <laughs> that. Yeah, runs Tuesday to Friday, which is good. That, big fan of that. That's golf. Uh, that's midweek golf. Yeah, we'll take that. Yeah, well spotted. Um, I will very much take that. Um, that is very very pleasing. That will be the. Same weekend as the match play as well in, in Austin, Texas. So, yeah, not too bad. Um, we've seen uh, some of the field for the WGC next week has also been locked down. Um, 
the top 50 in the world as, as things stood um, means that we've got uh, the majority of the field. There will be 72 players at the WGC um, no cut event. I don't know, Will Zalatoris is in, despite not yet being an official PGA Tour member. Tiger Woods, hilarious, just, isn't it? Tiger Woods just about hangs on. Um, should he want to play? He's 48th in the world. Brendan Todd, who I don't know, has he? He feels like he's gone off the boil a little yeah. bit um, for a if while. He, he was running hot, wasn't he, last year? He's oh, yeah. not Are the particularly interesting ones. Um, also, should be relatively nice paydays for. Um, many other players in that top fifty. We were just yeah. looking that last Bobby. year. Se- 70, Bobby McIntyre, isn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. Seventy-second yeah. place um, earned themselves a tidy thirty-two thousand uh, dollars just for showing up to that last year. So yeah. that's uh, not to be sniffed at. No, so, not bad if you can get it. Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, I think that underplays the amount of effort that some of these players have to go to to get status and, and get world rankings and. Or finish uh, in the order of merits in the on the Asia Tour or the Sunshine Tour, etc. So I'm not necessarily downplaying it too much, but um, yeah, it, as soon as you get into those things, it's hard to give them up unless you're uh, truly elite and really want to manage your schedule. Yeah, it's free, just free OWGR points, isn't it? Free OWGR yeah. points, free money. Yeah. So they're uh, they're worth their weight in gold. Mm, indeed. Um, on the on the PGA Tour this year weekend um, was the Pebble Beach Pro Am, which we we talked about a little bit last week. It was it was a particularly weak field. We were just before we started recording, we were talking about how ridiculous the Genesis field is. Um, and whereas the Pebble field, when we looked at it last week, felt ridiculous in the the other kind of way that there was just wasn't anybody you could necessarily pick because there wasn't um, an immediate name standing out. And uh, yeah, it was I guess I think Daniel Berger went off as second favourite and um, and won his fourth PGA Tour title. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, it, 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 Pebble Beach delivered in terms of um, storylines, intrigue, and it was a good Sunday, wasn't it? It was a really enjoyable Sunday. It start, started off the week with Patrick Cantley looking like he was going to lap the field, shooting a course record sixty-two. And Daniel Berger, bless him, was on the other was on spy started on Spyglass. I think he shot was he four under six under something through the first round. He shot a really good first round, which sort of kept him in contention and just played just so solid all week. Uh, had a bit of a bit of a wobble on Saturday on eighteen, and he double bogeyed um, uh, the eighteenth to fall two shots back going into the final round. But was uh, was sort of peerless on on Sunday. Shot a very easy. Seven under par, final round, finishing off with uh, you know, a nice eagle on the last to uh, to get the job done. But it was there's all sorts of intrigue, storylines. Yeah, obviously Spieth, uh, Spieth playing well for a second week in a row, uh, not closing it out. You had Lashley who was making a great move, Mav McNeely making a great move. Uh, you had uh, rules infractions, Lashley taking his anger out on the 16th green. There's all sorts of stuff going on. Was was Patrick Cantley going to sneak in there and win it? Paul Casey had another good week. Tom Lewis had a good week. Francesco Molinari topping a ball. It was uh, it was quite. I've got to say, I, I really enjoyed it. I definitely wouldn't have watched as much as I did this weekend uh, if there were celebrities in it because I can't really I can't stand watching the celebrities play and I can't stand all the cheesy interviews they do alongside. So actually, I really enjoyed watching the golf and watching the pros play. Uh, Play Pebble Beach. I so I the majority of the golf I saw was Thursday and Friday, and yeah. I 
this was this was one of the few weeks where Sky in the UK just hand over to the American network. So they they've got obviously an anchor, they've got an anchor and a pundit in the studio, but they aren't making any effort for the commentary team um, in over across there. And it was all it was entirely American coverage, and it was particularly on Thursday and Friday. I I didn't feel like I got uh, any diversity in the the players that I saw. It was yeah. we were following two groups, and and I saw six players and. Didn't even feel like you you got insight on what they were doing or listened into conversations that player and caddy were having. It was just a lot. There was plenty of watching people walk between shots and and then those those players. We we saw a few kind of there was a few mentions of Kamau Johnson and Kevin Hill, the, the two players that had got in on on exemptions and um, and they got mentions and and we I saw a few of their tee shots and things, but. Yeah, it didn't feel like they were just setting up cameras and, and delivering the golf shots and perhaps underestimate a little bit the job that European Tour does in just delivering you golf shot after golf shot. And particularly on a, a, a weekday when not everybody in the featured group is necessarily in contention or playing particularly well, we were treated to, to Phil blowing up... Um, <laughs> <laughs> on Friday, I thought was it, yeah. Phil not coping very well with a twelve-hour time zone difference from the yeah, week before. Phil, yeah, Phil, Phil not dealing well with with uh, uh, a luxurious week in Saudi and then going straight back across the pebble. Um, he he found a two-way miss off the tee on twelve or thirteen, I think, at Pebble on on Friday yeah. afternoon, and the the top traces were were pretty entertaining on those. But yeah, it yeah, I, was part of me felt quite comforted by the. The, the really good job that European Tour and Sky Sports seem to do with with European Tour coverage that I feel a bit more invested than than I would do normally. Um, do we do we talk about Molinari's tee shot? Yeah. Do we? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, he was. Going, I think it was pretty pretty cruddy weather when he was teeing off on yeah. the Saturday. The weather had come yeah. in, but he just. Flat. I, I don't know. If it was a fairway wood. Where it was a like a, a hybrid. Or, was it a three wood? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, just cold topped it seventy mm-hmm. yards. Uh, but mm-hmm. he dealt with it really well. He came out, you know, he's getting absolutely crucified on social media, and he came out with a you know, self-effacing tweet about it. Yeah, he's all in good humour. Um, I think he put not, not a bad five from there. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. Take I mean, it. it's it's not a great way to start your round, but yeah, bless him. That wasn't the end of his shenanigans on Saturday. Um, he got penalised. Uh, on the second hole at the end of his round because he was in the bunker on the par five second and his caddy was stood so it looked like directly behind him but just slightly off to the right about 20 yards behind him and that was seen to be lining him up by standing behind him so he got penalized by video ref at the end of the round um, so he had another two shots added on there. So he didn't have a great start with a bogey double to uh, kick off his, uh, his Saturday round, unfortunately. And on yeah. his bag was, um, I think you saw this tweet, wasn't it? It was James it Ridyard. James Ridyard, yeah. Ridyard. We've been, uh, I, I spotted a few weeks ago that um, he had brought in Justin Rose's former caddy, um, whose name has completely escaped me. Um, uh, Fooch. Uh, yeah, Fooch. So Fooch was there, but then they split up because Fooch is now on. Fooch then rocked up on somebody else's bag um, about three weeks ago. So we were. I was. I was wondering who had, who was caddying for Molinari um, in the meantime. So yeah, it was interesting that James Ridyard, who is a short game kind of expert and and 
general golf coach, but seems to focus a lot on wedges and, and approach play. Um, was caddying and, and was penalised. Yeah. There you go. That's what happens when you don't know what you're doing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, there <laughs> were there were three Europeans in the top 20, um, yeah. and all, all quite encouraging. Paul Casey, who has had the most bizarre schedule he's gone uh, he's played four weeks in a row but they've been the american express the Dubai as a classic where he won the saudi arabia international we didn't play too badly and then a, a top five here that's yeah. where phil struggled with the the jet lag case he's seemingly just strolled off the plane and yeah had a nice week yeah and he shot him up into sixth on the points list now on the world's point list for uh, the european rider cup but yeah i mean just some super solid golf and fair play to him because He's obviously got the Ryder Cup in his mind to do that amount of travel um, first off the bat. I mean, he's having a week off this week. He's one of the few people who's uh, having a week off this week at Riviera, probably geeing himself up for um, the WGC and and so on down the uh, down the next couple of weeks. So um, yeah, he deserves it deserves a week off because that's some mileage. The next yeah, the next kind of seven weeks, so as we mentioned up to the, the Masters, it does feel like one of those inevitable tasks where you will. You will miss a tournament that you don't want yeah. to, yeah. and so if it's free cash money, um, uh, the concession next week or the Riv this week, it's, it is a tough choice. But yeah, you'd take a a comfy four rounds no cut, yeah, um, over the other. Well, um, I, I mean, the, the the sensible thing would have been to give up last week and not played at Pebble Beach, but he's played there so well before. He nearly beat Phil, didn't he? When Phil won in yeah. twenty eighteen, so yeah, just made sense. But yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, Russell Knox was also in the top ten, and and Tom Lewis was the other the other top twenty. Two kind of two interesting players. Like Russell Knox has just never been never seen that interested in the European Tour, or or playing all that much. But you know, it's has had a a pretty formidable career, um, kicking around the PGA. He's he's just had an extremely good career over there in the uh, in the US, hasn't he? He's been in Jacksonville for the best part of twenty years. Won a couple of times. On the PGA Tour, he's just been a very solid player, isn't he? I mean, he's a he's kind of a poor man's sort of chucky three sticks. And then Charles Howell III is just sort of, you know, be, been on the tour forever, um, not dropped down. You know, he'll turn up a, a few weeks of the year. Um, you know, he's not the most exciting player in the world. Um, you, you know, he's not someone you get really excited to watch, but. You know he's he's had a great career. I don't think he'll ever play in a Ryder Cup team, but I think he sort of set his stall out a long time ago. Um, did, and, uh, go on. No, no, I was going to say, did you see the secret golf thing in the week um, that his wife Diane hosts or is is part of? So they, um, you may not, but they have a a podcast or a vodcast, and it was Steve Elkington and um, Samantha Marks and and Diane Knox um, were on there, and Steve Elkington was talking about how. No PGA Tour Pro uses strokes gained um, and don't look at the numbers. It doesn't make sense and all strokes are not, not created equally. And Diane Knox was like, yeah, I've, I don't even I don't even fully know what it means. Um, it was kind of interesting that, yeah, that was quickly debunked by, by quite a few people. Yeah, uh, right. No, I didn't know that. No, yeah, I didn't know yeah. that at all. Yeah, it was, interesting. Uh, it was quite fun. Um, yeah, just thought I'd mention it with uh, Russell yeah, Knox yeah. playing quite well. Um, Nate Lashley's four putt. I haven't seen his reaction, <laughs> but it, four putt from I think his first putt was thirteen feet. Yeah. Um, four par, and he four putted, so went walked away with a triple. Any kind of damage done to a green is is perfectly reasonable, um, in my mind. 
Yeah, he, um, I mean, the, the sad thing was, so he was he was co-leading the tournament at this stage. It was coming yeah. in at, uh, I think it was the 16th. Yeah. Um, he had a good drive down there. I think he had 165 yards or something to the pin, took out his eight iron, and, and he got a firm, he got a firm bounce. I mean, most of the weekend it had been pretty much, you know, dark, dark golf. Once it bounced, it stopped. Yeah, he got a firm bounce and it went over the back and he was just, he was dead there. So he was always making a bogey. Um, and when he you know, missed his first putt, he, ju- he just overhit his first putt back up the hill. And he was, he just had a horrible sliding four foot putt that was just going it moved about a foot outside the hole. So, uh, yeah. And then he just, I think he just lost his concentration, missed a short one. And then just, he's got a mallet putter. And he just um, he just sort of slammed it straight down. So he didn't tomahawk. He just slammed it straight down into the uh, into the green. Then sort of looked as if he was going to repair it, and then just walked off. <laughs> so oh really? Yeah, wasn't wasn't a good look. I mean, he was in the last group anyway, so I suppose mm. that. But yeah, it wasn't a good look. But apparently, I saw that Alan Shipnook had put earlier in the round on the sixth hole. He um, he hit his tee shot off the planet. Apparently, let off a massive f bomb. Apparently, the loudest f bomb he's ever heard a pro say in his twenty five years of covering the sport, um, uh, and uh, still still proceeded to birdie that hole. So um, he, apparently, he runs hot. I've heard. Uh, oh, okay, but that's that's apparently the thing. But yeah, he came back. He came back and and birdied one day. Uh, I think he birdied the last hole to finish. I want to say tied for fifth alongside Casey in the end. Um, mm. But yeah, he cost himself. He probably cost himself half a million, really. Yeah. Yeah, there was a decent a decent amount of cash went with with that four putt, which yeah. is kind of tough. Um, and in, uh, a couple of weird rules controversies. So again, I didn't necessarily see these, but both Maverick McNeely and Russell Knox, who finished pretty well, yeah. um, but kind of got screwed over really by the rules, where others in recent weeks haven't. Yeah, and they they both got done by the video ref basically. So. I mean, essentially, what happened? I, I saw what happened with Knox, and apparently, it was the same with Matt McNeely. So, they both sort of um, semi-addressed their ball in the middle of the fairway. Their approach shots in, um, were kind of doing their little waggles, and it didn't look like they touched the ball, but obviously touched the ground, which then meant the ball moved a mini revolution, um, and that was it. That was enough to be called a penalty the problem with Russell Knox or the challenge of Russell Knox is he explained to the umpire what happened the umpire said that's fine it's not um, you know replace the ball it's no no stroke penalty that's fine you just carry on so he gets a part only to be told three holes later no it, we've looked at the video actually it's a shot penalty so he had to do quite well there because he thought he was going to lose a shot he didn't and then three holes later he's told yeah actually by the way you know I said uh, you didn't you didn't get a shot you do get a shot penalty there so um, he coped with that sort of adversity quite well, and Mav McNeely obviously the same to have an extremely good Sunday. Yeah, um, that's but, um, yeah. Given that Knox finished top ten or, or seventh, and McNeely finished second, don't second. Right? that's um, yeah, pretty decent recoveries. Yeah, well, the irony being is if you compare it to like Reed a couple of weeks ago, where they call in the umpire and everything else, and all this shenanigans that he's done, then he gets away with no shot penalty. It does. It just doesn't feel quite. Right, but hey, yeah, you know, it's another, to... yeah, it's a it's an unfortunate case of golf continuing not to help itself, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. In yeah, you've you've already mentioned Ryder Cup points. Um, I think Paul Casey is the the big mover and shaker this week in in terms of the European Tour uh, and the European team because no, 
I don't think anybody else necessarily in the top 20 were were playing. Um, so he jumps up to sixth in the world points list and slides in just behind Victor Perez. Um, yeah. On the American side, Daniel Berger's now up to eighth, which um, is pretty good for him. And but again, anybody kind of finishes top one or two, they're going to make a dent in in the scoring yeah. um, at this stage. So we'd um, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Mr. Spieth and his answers. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, we probably should. <laughs> yeah, we we probably get a shot. Uh, um, did you see much of him at all? Uh, yeah, so he was um, he was quite prominent on Thursday. He was in featured groups, and yeah. and he was the only one of his group playing kind of well. He was playing with Ricky, who missed the cut, <laughs> and sure. uh, Nick Taylor, the defending champion, who wasn't playing particularly well. So Spieth was kind of the only guy going. Um, or, or really doing, and he, yeah, uh, he was he was doing very much. He was doing speed things. I think is the thing. He was like, and I saw I saw a couple of times where he the the three players stood on the tee, and the, the first two put it down the middle of the fairway, and then speed was twenty yards right of them. Um, he was doing speed things off the tee, but yeah, a fifty-four hole lead is can't really be sniffed at, I guess. No, no. Look, I mean, he he played some great golf, and he had some uh, his, some of his approach play was great. I mean, obviously, he held out two shots from the fairway, which you're not going to do every week. Um, didn't play the par fives very well. Again, on Sunday, he didn't play very well under pressure. Everybody sort of, uh, as people know with Pebble, it's like the first you score in the first seven holes, and then you sort of hold on on the back nine. Um, and he just he was, I think, one over through that period. Um, and everybody else was under, and it was only when he was fell behind everybody that he started to play a little bit better. But he, um, he still, he still at times got the two-way miss going mm-hmm. um, with with the driver. I mean, he certainly feel much more comfortable with him with his irons and stuff. But um, you know, good another, it's a second good week in a row. But I, again, I never really felt like he was ever going to win it on Sunday. Um, I did put a couple of polls up on the. Uh, on the uh, Twitter account, just to see, you know, d- d- do we want Spieth to win, yes or no? And I think he came in like fifty-seven percent yes, and then underneath, do we think he'll win? And then it's like fifty-seven percent no. Um, so I'm surprised it wasn't higher than that. Uh, running into uh, running into Sunday, but I, I'm pleased. I'm pleased for him. Um, uh, what I don't want it to then turn into, as I've always said all the way along, is let's not just you know now go wall-to-wall Spieth coverage. Um, He's interesting um, for sure. He talks to his golf ball. We all do that. Uh, he seems to sort of ignore Grella's advice half the time, only to go, "Oh, Mikey, I should have listened to you." Um, uh, yeah, he's an interesting character, but I, I also don't need to see him all the time, and I also don't need him rammed down my throat. So I, I was getting a bit frustrated with that, and just everything online was about, you know, he's he's coming back, and the Americans seem to love him, but I just I don't know what it is. I think. You know, sometimes when you listen to a song and you and you like really like it at first, but then you hear it so much, you think, oh, I just hate the song. I never want to hear it again. That's, that's how I kind of feel about him. And that's terrible because he's done nothing to me. But. So Jordan Spieth is Rihanna's umbrella. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, basically. I, yeah, I, there was, I was looking back through highlights of his, his final run earlier because um, I didn't quite see everything. And there's a couple of gutsy drives on... I think on ten, 10 yeah, he took it on, drive. and sixteen he he took it on, yeah. which, given that 
you know, he was he was in the rough quite a bit on the back nine in particular um, on Sunday. He he had to still go for it and, and was still backing himself. So I I like that I, with Spieth. I think he's he's approachable. Um, his his goal is getting the ball in the hole in as few shots as possible, and you don't fully know how he's going to do that when he stands on the tee. Like if you if it's Rory or Kepka or or even Webb Simpson, you know kind of what you know what their strategy is going to be on a golf hole. But with with Spieth, you can probably guess what his his strategy is going to be, but whether he'll be able to execute that or whether he'll have to pull out a ridiculous iron shot at a rough or um, club the ball down and, and try and get up and down is, you know, remains to be seen. I think, for me, that's part of his appeal, that he's, yeah. he's that fundamental. I just, I wonder if if this is kind of the new normal, and he, w- uh, he will win again, I guess, on a, a PGA Tour event, but and he will put himself into 54-hole leads and stuff, but I also don't know if he's the Jordan Spieth of old. Um, yeah. I think the game, the game's moved on, hasn't it? If you, if you, if you remember when he was doing particularly well, there was kind of a bit of a chasm there outside of Rory. There was no one else, and yeah, we had him come through for a, a couple of years. We had uh, Jason Day, sort of the year before he broke through. You had Rory the sort of eighteen months before then. Um, but now you've got there's a whole host of players in there. You've still got Rory's around. And then you've got JT's come through. You've got DJ who's now kind of feels like he's established himself. Brooks Kepka. You've got Morikawa. You've got Wolf. Just so many people there that I think kind of when he was really at his pomp, there was there was probably half a dozen that you quite liked, but no one had really won a major or certainly won multiple majors. Whereas right now, I just don't just don't see. It. I think everything would have to go in his favour. He'd have to he'd have to be driving the ball well and putting the lights out to. Uh, to win a big event, at least, or to win a major, um, I, 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 you know, yeah, no, I did. Well, I didn't want to see him win. I was just about to say I would have liked to have seen him win. I didn't want to see him. Win. No, sorry. I didn't want to see him win. <laughs> I can't. I can't. <laughs> oh, sorry, I can't get myself there. I can't no. kind of get to. I want to see him win, but yeah, I, I think my my resistance to Jordan Spieth is, comes with, as you mentioned, that the uh, the giddiness that o- overcomes people when. He's in contention, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's where we are. I was just—I was also part of your your kind of conversation and, and what we were talking about earlier. Reminded me of uh, the last time Jordan Spieth was world number one was the end of August in 2015, um, and the top ten at that point included Rory McIlroy was kind of and Jason Day, but then it was Jim Furyk, Henrik Stenson, Sergio Garcia, Ricky Fowler, Dustin Johnson. Justin yeah. Rose, so it's it's not the they're they're all very good players, and and even at the time they were they were very good players, but they weren't um, kind of competing. I think with the to the same depth and the same ferocity as no. as the players that we've we've got now, um, no, which you know is kind of fun. So there we are. Uh, it's the genesis this week at the Riviera Country Club, and yeah, where the. Well, the Pebble Beach Pro Am field was lacking in in star players. They are all here: uh, DJ, Ram, McElroy, Thomas, Shoffley, Cantley, Deshambo, Fina, Kepka, Berger, Murakawa, Hovland, Scott, Hideki, Spieth, Bubba, Scheffler, Neiman, Garcia, Leishman, Homer. Yeah, it's a big list. Yeah, it's a really good list. I mean, the the 
the reason why it's such a good list is you can list those that aren't playing. You've got Casey Fleetwood Hatton, Webb Simpson, Patrick Reed, Sung Jay for some reason has missed two weeks in a row. What's the matter with him? Has he got COVID? What's going on? Has he been enlisted? Has he been conscripted back in South Korea? We don't know about it. Um, and Harris English. So you've got one, two, three, four, five, six, six of the top 25 players in the world are not there and everybody else is. So um, yeah, it's it's a stacked field. It's a great course. Lots of intrigue, you know, drivable by par fours, crazy par three with a bunker in the middle of it. Um, you know, some just you have to be a, you have to be in control of your golf ball. I, I will say this: if Spieth has a good week here, I might concede that he's back. Okay, because <laughs> um, there ain't no way you cannot drive it well. Or certainly, you can't have the two-way two-way miss and compete here at this golf course. I don't think. Um, yeah, so, uh, yeah, this isn't a, like this isn't a bomber's paradise. No, no, no. Um, not you. Know, I mean, Dustin Johnson, John Rahm are probably going to go in as among the top two or three favourites. So, you know, they'll be able to to use their length off the course. But it, you know, there's a there's a small premium, I think, on on accuracy that comes with this. But yeah, Johnson's got that. Um, in spades, it'll be interesting to see what Bryson we're going to get in twenty twenty one, and and how he's been. Saudi, he looked, he looked a bit lost, even though he finished pretty well. You know, he was he looked quite frustrated with himself. So that that should be interesting. Yeah, um, I, I I'm really intrigued this week. I'm really intrigued. I, I mean, if you think about like the off season and just certainly towards the back end of last of twenty twenty, Deshambo was. Dominating everything to do with golf, and we haven't really heard much about him at all. Um, you know, he didn't really play that great at, at, at Saudi, and he's just been quite under the radar, hasn't he? So it'd be interesting to see what what Deshambo turns up this week, and and then as we touched on again, like before we started talking about like Morikawa was sort of not sort of lost a little bit of luster with his form, and Hovland looks the best out of three of them at the minute. Can Hovland keep his form going on? Is Morikawa going to find some form back? How good is Adam Scott going to be? He won here last year and seemingly loves the place. Um, but he, it's one of the was it one of the ten tournaments he says a year that's worth playing. The rest is just entertainment. Mm. Um, so I, it's just a really intriguing field from a DraftKings point of view. Again, as we talked beforehand, <laughs> but we're not a gambling podcast. We don't sponsor gambling. Um, but from a DraftKings, this is I mean, this is just like mecca. You can find some real bargains in there like six and a half seven thousand um dollars you can find some real bargains in there so it's um i'm really looking forward to this week um, it's one of it's one of my favorite weeks of the year i think it always produces a pretty interesting tournament no one ever runs away with it i think a couple of years ago you had you looked like jt was going to win it by 10 and just literally crap the bed on the uh, on the sunday i think he was leading by like five going into sunday and i think um just he shot a horrendous score. I think Bubba ended up overtaking him. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just a really interesting, really interesting tournament. I'm looking forward to it. Mm. I think another yeah. big week for the uh, for the Euros. Other fantasy golf providers are available. Um, yes, of course. But none of them give us any money yet. But you know, no. we'll, I'm sure we'll pin our pin our colours to a mass when we can. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's fair. I, I like Riviera. It's it's elevated status, so they can pick and choose who they want in and hand out sponsors exemptions and I think there's a college player gets in late on Monday night um, when they do a bit of a college showcase and stuff so they have a 
they they do have a, a bit of an interesting time with it. Um, yeah, I, I mean, who I think is going to win? I, 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 it's going to be somebody in the top twenty-five in the world. It's going to be one of those those elite guys. There will be somebody interesting that might pop up and contend, but yeah, this feels like the the better players will be able to succeed here. Who that is out of that group is really anybody's anybody's guess. Um, I'm I'm looking through the names and trying to stop myself from just saying McElroy um, because that will be that's just the vibe I'm going to go with for the next seven weeks. Um, yeah. So I'm going to say Shoffley. This week you reckon Shoffley? Yeah. Oh, he just can't close though, can he? I think he'll be there. I think he'll be there. He doesn't need to be. Doesn't need to be the 54 hole leader. Uh, doesn't even need to be in the the no. last three groups out, but. He could. Um, he might be able to to come from deep and. Do you know, do you know what? I'm going. I'm going to go Hovland. Okay. I don't know why. I just sort of feel like I think he's going to win a big tournament this year. Yeah. Why not this? You know, we don't know what DJ is going to be like. You know, he's had a week off. Ram's going to be worrying about children. McElroy, yeah, Mac, yeah, McElroy, JT, Xander, Cantlay, Finau. We'll struggle with closing out tournaments at the minute. Berger's not going to go back to back. Is Kepka going to no. go back to back in starts? No. no. Deshambo, what's he going to do? Murakawa's out of form. Adam Scott. Well, just when, so when does John Ram have to start properly worrying, for the want of a better phrase? So when is his I, when is I, his wife due to give birth? I've is it not, is it I'm, April May or is it now? I don't know. I don't okay. know. I think it's quite soon. Oh, okay. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. Best, best the first child. I'm just. I mean, this is this is great podcasting. This is no. I think. Well, uh, I mean, yeah, that's fair enough. I don't. I can't see Berger necessarily going back to back. I do like that he's he's come back though after kind of lighting up in 2017 and and making a Presidents Cup team, and then having a a tough time with injury. I like that he's come back and and part of his success and, and some others makes me feel like 2021 is going to be a year of of players to kind of remind us how good they were, yeah. which is why Matsuyama is going to win a big tournament this year that'd um, be nice he, yeah, that would be delightful but he's it's, going, he's my he's my uh, sneaky sneaky <laughs> pick for to, to do something at some point this year which <laughs> so is nicely vague oh, but right, yeah he, there you go yeah yeah i think you say some sneak, sneaky outside pick for this week like in the top no no not off. not for this week um uh, but i but a, an elevated status event like something like this or the honor palmer or yeah. memorial or a wgc maybe even a major um matsuyama is is going to win one of those 12 that's my um I'm, I'm doubling down on my um beginning of the year prediction and my, my resolution yeah fair enough Right. So Ram's Ram's due not Ram, Mrs. Ram, Ram's, Mrs. Ram is due mid mid March to April apparently oh, okay. early April. So we've Fine. still got a month out. Yeah, so it'll, be, it'll so be okay. It's not a it's not a pressing concern now. The players, well, that's uh, what's Hon, so Honda, looks, yeah. they're the, yeah, the, they're the players. Active. It looks like it's going to be arriving around that week. So yeah. Yeah. we won't don't have them in your squad then. Yeah. No, you've heard it here now, no, exactly. right? Uh, I think that's us. I think we've we've yeah. ticked everything off. Um, WC next week, which will be fun. Uh, and yeah, really It'll getting be... Masters fever. Really, very much so. That's yeah, exciting. Not far away now. Not far away at all. Cheers, Ben. Cheers, buddy. Speak soon. Yeah. Bye bye.